Welcome to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I founded an eco-conscious pottery company called Oxford Clay. Now I don't just make pottery, I make resources such as books and courses for other potters who want to be more eco-conscious in their pottery practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about me sharing everything I've learned with you and I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hello, so before we get on with the episode, I wanted to tell you about two completely free guides that I've made just for you about pottery. And the first guide is called How to Make a Pottery Glaze. So if you've ever been curious about how to make your own pottery glaze, this guide will show you exactly how to make your own glaze from start to finish. It tells you all the ingredients you need. It tells you step by step how to make the glaze, how to stay safe when glaze making. Um, and it's got a stoneware glaze recipe in there. Um, and if you've been curious about how to fire pottery, um, I have also made a guide on electric kiln firing. So. Um, this guide will tell you all the different terms that's used in like kiln firing um, and what they mean. And it also takes you through the exact firing schedule that I use to do my bisque firing and also stoneware glaze firing. So it's got all the temperatures in there, all the timings in there. Um, and both of, these both of these guides are available from the Oxford Clay website at www.oxfordclay.co.uk forward slash resources for potters. Okay, let's get on with the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, in today's episode, I'm very excited to bring you an interview that I did with an Oxfordshire-based creative entrepreneur like myself called Ruth Harris. And Ruth actually owns two creative businesses, um, Field and Fabric and Catkin Tree Studio. So in this interview, me and Ruth, we're talking about creativity, like where her creativity kind of comes from, her creative practices. Um, and we just get to hear more about Ruth's businesses. Um, and I'll put the links to Ruth, Ruth's businesses in the show notes so you can check those out there. Um, so just to say, me and Ruth actually met um, at the Didcot Craft Fair in 2021, and we were serendipitously placed next to each other. We were both stall holders and our tables were like right next to each other. And I was just so impressed with like, just like the, all the different ways Ruth creates. And it was very, very inspiring. And she's also much more experienced at um, doing craft fairs than me. That was actually my first ever craft fair. So I kind of, I really wanted to kind of like get up the courage to kind of chat to Ruth and like ask for her advice. And uh, Ruth was very gracious. And ever since then, I have been following Ruth's work and I've just been so inspired by just the, the level of her creativity is so inspiring to me. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoy chatting to Ruth. Um, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. So let's go. Hello, Ruth. Welcome to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Hi, so, hello, 
<laughs> so I wanted to ask you whether you could describe your creative businesses. So you have two businesses, don't you? Describe do. what you do. Yeah, yeah so I, um, I've got, as you say, two businesses. I've got Field and Fabric and I've got Cat Kintry Studio. And there's a bit of a tale behind, um, behind both of these. So I started off with Field and Fabric, which was um, handmade accessories, homeware gifts. So lots of things, um, one of a kind, things that I'm sitting and making um and quite often textile based so I'll think oh I've quite like to make a bag quite like to make this I've sort of dabbled in resin with sea glass inside it coat hooks all sorts set up a folksy shop um which is a UK version of Etsy for those of you who are not familiar with it um start out craft fairs also joined crafters emporium in Oxford um that was great brilliant and it's it's still ongoing um but then I started to get back into painting um, as well as doing textiles side of things. And I started to find that um, my painting related work didn't quite seem to sit quite as happily alongside the rest of the things I was making. Um, so as a result, I decided in the last sort of four or five months that actually what I was going to do was split into two. <laughs> this was a really big kind of change for me. Um, so I've now ended up with two businesses. I've got Field and Fabric that still does all that great stuff with um, sort of the, the one of a kinds. And then I've got Cat Country Studio, which um, focuses more on my artwork side of things. So that's the creative bit there is actually in making up the designs. Um, and then I get those printed onto like a range of homewares and gifts like tea towels and coasters and mugs and cushions and makeup bags and the list goes on. Um, and the designs and ranges for that are expanding. Um, and I think that was a really great choice for me because I've that, that that sits together very nicely and it's very cohesive as a brand and it's just feels a lot easier um, to market. So those are my two businesses. So I, I sell um, my field and fabric side of things I, I sell, as I said, on um, Folksy um, and also uh, Crafts Emporium and, and Fairs. My cat tree studio side of things, um, I have my own website and it's really exciting. And so I sell on there as well as uh, fairs and the crafters emporium as well. Oh, that's so fantastic. I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, just because of like the range of things you create. I remember when we met at the Discord Craft Fair and I was just so impressed by just like the range of different creative practices really you have. bonkers so, range of things I It's amazing. <laughs> it's very inspiring. It's very inspiring. So do you have a kind of personal creative practice as well as your two businesses? Um, well, I think my creative practice is quite heavily linked to those two businesses um creative practice came first and the businesses came sort of second really um so i've got two roots i suppose so for the stuff that i make for field and fabric um it's very much learning and creating by doing um you know so for example um this can sound a bit bizarre i was on holiday and i went to the beach there's a bit of beach combing and i found a um a surveyor's tape so you know when you're like at school and you were taking on a geography field trip and you had to like measure the beach um, someone had obviously lost one of those, a big long length, sort of about 20 metres of the tape broken off. And so I, I untangled it from the seaweed, <laughs> brought it home, I washed it and sanitised it. Um, and I started weaving it into purses that I then sewed on the sewing machine. I've never done anything like that before, but it's just a case of play. And so I, I did one purse and I thought, oh yeah, that, that doesn't look too bad. That looks all right. Oh, but I wonder what happens if I start adding in ribbon. So I then started weaving the tape with ribbon. And, and so 
my field and fabric kind of creative practice is very much through play but the flip side of that is that um I don't have a particularly long attention span um I, <laughs> I fiddle with an idea until I'm happy with it um and I, I kind of got curiosity I guess to see what I can create and what I can achieve but then that means that once I've got to a certain point with an idea I'm kind of like yep I've done that kind of what next which is why I end up with a lot of one-offs and why it makes it quite a hard business really to to market it there are obviously a set of skills that underpin that that come through experience so um like sewing skills mixed media skills kind of the ability to visualize how shapes might fit together to create a 3d hole um but yeah it's very much learned through doing practice whereas my cat tree studio work, so my artwork onto printed products, is more about leaning on one particular skill, which is my, my painting and drawing side of things, um, and really letting things that I've seen or experienced connect with each other, um, just to sort of create something new. So um, um, I, I know you've seen my some of my cat designs. I've got um, sort of an arts and crafts William Morris inspired one. That was a little bit of a moment of where's Wally combined with William Morris because I've got cats hidden amongst sort of arts and crafts vine so that's where that one kind of <laughs> that's where that kind of came from um and then kind of depending on the design I either just go for it straight I can see something in my mind and I just want to get it down on paper um like the cats in space design I've just released or there's a lot more work behind it with concept drawings tracing things flipping things drawing things again until I've got it just so and then I start painting and that was more what I was doing with the arts and crafts design um, and the one that I'm working on at the moment with some bees. So it's, yeah, two, two quite different approaches really um, to what I do. And it's, it's more that the creative practice has led to where the business is rather than the business informing the creative practice. Well, that's so interesting to hear how like your different businesses are kind of that your ideation happens in kind of slightly different ways in each one. Mm. That's, that's really fascinating sort of like, you know creativity like ideas through doing and then ideas from kind of I guess like somewhere else like where do you think where do you think your ideas actually like sort of come from <laughs> yeah that's a good question um it's it's kind of all around me really um cats if you haven't guessed are a really big theme <laughs> uh, I, I grew up with cats um I've got cats now um I am currently being plagued by cats on this call <laughs> trying to get in and out of the room so on and so forth um you know they're quite playful and daft so you know they've, they've got to be inspiration um yeah so there's definitely that but I also yeah draw inspiration from um sort of nature the things I see around me I also really like to see what other people make because other people make really cool things so quite a lot of browsing on Pinterest that kind of thing um and then going back to that kind of learning through doing thing I get inspiration through that because I, I like learning new things new techniques so I've been through phases of making jewellery, weaving, felt making, fabric dyeing, ceramics, resin, glass fusing, you know, you know, everything. And it all kind of starts to feed into each other. And so I will get moments um, like um, what happens if I combine this with that, these two different, completely different techniques. So, for example, I've, I've taken up pottery and I'm, I'm kind of hoping my pottery tutor next term might let me melt some beach glass that I found onto some of my ceramics <laughs> and see what happens that sounds, that sounds amazing yeah that, that is such a cool thing to do in ceramics to melt glass in it I do a little bit of that as well it's really, yeah? really cool oh, yeah exciting 
Yeah, that's. I think that's what's a very inspiring as well is that you kind of. Um, I think sometimes with something, say like if you've never done something before, like I've never done glass fusing, and then I remember one time I sort of messaged you and you said, "Oh, I'm going to this like glass fusing class," and it was it was it's very inspiring just to kind of like try something. You know, you think mm. especially like if you've never done it before. I sometimes I have this thing where I'm just like, "Well, I don't even know where I'd start," but it it's so cool to have the kind of I guess like courage to try new things. I think that's what's so good, and like you said, it kind of all just feeds into everything doesn't it like the more the more you do the more the more kind of flourishes you know creatively it's it's really cool yeah yeah absolutely yeah definitely like be be brave and try new things and if you get an opportunity to um like take up a taster class and something you've never done before like it doesn't matter if what you make is a bit rubbish like if you enjoyed the process and you learned something from it um, and you know and you it makes you want to have another go then that's you know fantastic and by doing something once you're probably going to learn what you did wrong um, and how you can make something better next time I think that's such a good point like thinking about like the process itself and the joy of the process rather than like the outcome of like what you're making I think that's very good to keep in mind especially with things like ceramics where there's quite a lot of scope for things going wrong you know when you've made something and then you put it in the kiln you get it out of the kiln you're like oh <laughs> you know it can be like disappointing but I think it's so brilliant just to kind of yeah really focus on like the actual process itself definitely yeah um yeah. so did, have you faced any challenges in your creative practice oh yeah I mean I am so untidy and that really doesn't help <laughs> um, like to get nice um conducive space to work so that you kind of got that mental space to make creativity happen um sometimes I have to spend some time tidying up before I can start um and then by the time you tidied up you're like oh I'm just tired now I I don't want to I don't want to make anything um that can be a bit of a challenge and then when I I do start making something I just make loads of mess and it's back to square one um (laughs) so that for me is quite a challenge um the other things I, I did find that I um, had a bit of a creative block a while ago like I didn't I did a lot of painting when I was younger and then I put it down and I didn't pick it up for quite literally about sort of a decade and it's only now that I picked it back up and gone yeah this is great this is fun you know why did I why did I stop doing this so yeah I, I have had some um, I have had some challenges and I think everybody everybody will and you just got to find your way of working through them I totally agree and I think by like you know we were just talking about earlier like by doing it that can often unlock unlock that kind of creative block can't it when exactly when you're creatively blocked um so I wanted to ask you whether you had any tips say like someone's listening to this and you know they're they're as inspired by your creative practice as me and um do you have any tips for them at all yeah be be open and be receptive to new things um new methods and, and that's what I guess I was referencing earlier you know if you get an opportunity to do something take it um and don't be afraid to play um, that's really really important um you know you learn by doing well I mean I learn by doing things I, I think other people probably also learn by doing things as well and what you make when you're playing doesn't need to be perfect um I think sometimes people can get wrapped up in oh, I've got to make something that's perfect it doesn't matter like, it really doesn't matter if you don't make something that's perfect don't worry like learn from it move on make something else and and the second one you make may not be perfect the third one you make may not be perfect but you'll either learn that you've got perfection in your imperfection or you will learn what you want to make so just yeah just keep going um 
but creative practice is really really individual I mean I, I would suggest start by keeping a sketchbook of some description and I'm using that term very loosely jot down ideas notes development drawings I mean I have a series of sketchbooks in the sense that I jot down things notes development drawings on whatever I have to hand so I have a sort of a virtual sketchbook of things everywhere um, and, and keep processes that feel right to you um, and discard the ones that you don't so your your sketchbook in verticomers might actually end up being like a box of things that you have made or done or like little snippets of something and that you've kept them and the fact that it's not in a, a book and neatly documented is fine um, you know do what do what feels right to you to develop your own creative practice I think that's such good advice that everyone's everyone's brain as well, I suppose, works in different ways, doesn't it? And some people are very visual. Some people are more mm. kind of like, you know, collecting physical things. Some people like to do it digitally, like we were saying about, exactly. you know, Pinterest. Um, I, I do think having one place, I think that's such good advice, one place where all your um, ideas are kept is so like supportive because you can, you always know that you can like go back to that one place and your ideas will be there. I think that is that that's I found that very helpful in terms of like say like if I'm trying to like make new glazes or you know think of some think yeah. of like we're testing a new color or something just knowing that because I used to have it all on like little post-its around and I just found it very it started to just get really confusing so just having one notebook you know one place I think that's really a really supportive thing to have yeah, in your creative exactly. practice definitely so I've I've got yeah. for example I've got notebooks that I tend to keep where I'm sewing so that's where all the sewing related bits end up um, and then I've got a series of sketchbooks down where I do sort of some of the messier stuff. And that's where all of that ends up. They're not in the same physical sketchbook together. It doesn't matter because I know where all of those thoughts are, um, you know, across the different places that I work. And that, yeah, keeping them in one place does help. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you find as well that you get ideas? Um, so I started like taking a little notebook around with me in my bag because I find that sometimes I'm just like walking down the street and then an idea will pop into my mind. So I've been trying to like take the pressure off my brain. You know, when you, you think, oh, no, yeah. I must remember this idea. Try and take the pressure off by like just having a notebook and then I can just like write it down. I'm like, it's great. It's safe. I don't have to remember it in my brain. I wonder if things like that like yeah, happen I, to you. I do. I do. I I did at one point wander around with a physical notebook, but now I've actually, I've gone digital um, and I've got like a <laughs> note-taking app in my phone. That's fine until I've got something I want to draw. <laughs> but for most of the things, it's all in one place there and I don't, you know, I haven't put it down anywhere and I can't lose it <laughs> quite as easily. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Something, somewhere you can jot stuff down on the go is, is really helpful as well. Yeah, I heard, I heard Taylor Swift actually write her songs on her phone. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm a good company then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's next for Field and Fabric and Catkin Tree Studio? Yeah, so I've got uh, more designs and, and products in pipe work for uh, the Catkin Tree Studio side of things. So the range is going to be growing. Um, I've just released some cats floating in space. So if you've not seen that, I've got some wash bags out with them. And I've actually got some cushions coming in really soon which I'm excited about so that's a brand new design and I'm also working on one um with uh honeybees as well so that's coming soon I'm thinking about possibly expanding out into things like aprons and oven gloves as well so um I think that might be project maybe for the new year but um yeah so that's happening I'm also uh, sorry ramping up for Christmas already <laughs> um, Christmas in in July and all that so working really really hard to get some more stock sorted for field and fabric um I've got a lot of 
fairs coming up starting in September, as I'm, I'm sure you do as well, Catherine. Um, trying to get all of that stock up together for that. So yeah, you will see me out and about um, come autumn. Tell listeners where they can find out more about your work and connect with you. Yeah, please head over to the uh, websites. Um, they've also got links to social media. But um, yeah, so if you pop over to the Field and Fabric website, which is fieldandfabric.square.site, you can see what I do there. Um, and Catkintry Studio um, is catkintrystudio.co.uk. Um, there is a mailing list as well on the Field and Fabric website that you can sign up to that covers both of the businesses. Um, and if you want to contact me direct, then the best method is to get, drop me an email at hello at catkintrystudio.co.uk. Oh, yeah. So that was me and Ruth chatting about creativity and her creative businesses. And um, I just wanted to pick up on a few things, you know, after the interview, I was sort of mulling over. And um, I just think that whole thing about um, being kind of courageous in trying new things creatively is just so important. Um, you know, just even if you think, you know, you're a very, very beginner at it, it's just, it's, it gives you so much more confidence, I think, in, you know, just in your creative practice in general. And like Ruth was saying, you know, you don't have to be like perfect at something straight away. It's just, it's just so fantastic to like try new things, you know, think about, um, I try and think about like the process over the kind of perfect outcome of pottery. I try and kind of enjoy the actual process because I think it is it is easy, I think, to be sometimes like disappointed with the outcome, especially if you're new to at something, you know, and I think pottery is very, um, I've certainly experienced that in pottery. It can be very frustrating if, you know, you have this idea in your mind and you're like, I just want it to look like this. So I think that, you know, what we were saying about that emphasis on the kind of process of learning and doing, um, is yeah it's so important you know especially in pottery I think um, and another thing that Ruth was saying is about um, which I thought was so interesting actually is about how um, just doing a creative practice that you know in lots of different things can actually kind of just all go into this kind of creative melting pot and actually really um, you know just help your kind of create your ideas come to you you know action um, creates ideas um, and looking at other people's work creates ideas and you know just being inspired by things around you you know create ideas as well but um, I think in the past I've thought you know if I'm sketching or something that's nothing to do with pottery it's not going to help my pottery practice when actually now I can like it's kind of broadened my understanding really of of my own creative practice you know it's like everything you do that's creative is just going to help you in all aspects of like you know your creative life in general so you know sketching you know painting collaging I can see now that just by kind of opening that creative flow more letting the ideas come and um you know recording them in one place like we were talking about um you know that's going to really help my pottery practice as well so um yeah so I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I enjoyed like chatting to Ruth and stuff and um yeah thank you so much for joining me and really for joining us <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to seeing you on the next episode and until then wishing you very very happy potting and I'll see you then. Goodbye. Thank you so
so much for joining me for the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Oxford Clay or eco-conscious pottery, there's so much for you on the Oxford Clay website. There's books, e-courses, there's a blog on there, um, loads of other podcast episodes, and I can't wait to share it with you. The web address is oxfordclay.co.uk. I'll see you over there.